Hello and welcome to The Stuff of Stories, episode six. My name's Ian Pringle and I'm here with Sarah-Jane Rose. And I'm Sarah-Jane Rose and I'm here with Ian Pringle. So in this episode, we're exploring um, the, the idea of how, how people get other people's stories. Um, so this idea of kind of finding people's stories that are within themselves and helping them to extract those stories and write them down. And uh, to help us with this exploration, uh, Sarah went and spoke to somebody about that. So, Sarah, do you want to tell us who you spoke to? Yeah, so I was I was lucky enough uh, a while ago to do an event with a company called Author in Me. And it's a company that inspires uh, mostly children, but also adults, to write stories and to connect with their, their, their inner storyteller. And so I met with uh, Hector, the founder, co-founder of Author in Me, um, who I'd met at one of their events. And we had a lovely afternoon where she talked about uh, the work that they do to inspire children and adults and some of the ways they go about that. Um, so she's a writer herself and uh, generally just quite an inspiring person. So here she is. Uh, I'm going to go straight over to her talking to us about authoring me, how it came about and the work that they do. And there's one thing, isn't there? Um, there's, she's not the only person present in this interview. There was somebody else there. <laughs> yes. Um, I, we, there, yes. So you will at some point hear a strange noise in the background. And it's her lovely um, German shepherd dog um, who doesn't want to be away from her at the moment. Um, and so he was there for the podcast as well. That was Athena. Oh, he, she is a girl. So, uh, author in me, it started basically by the intention of um, empowering children through stories and by turning their stories into books. Um, because stories, I believe, are very important. And if we can just tell a child that whatever imagination is coming in their little heads, um, it has a meaning, you know, and it has a beautiful magic about it, and they don't. They don't need to validate it from anywhere outside. So by turning those stories into books, you are telling the child that I made something special. The child thinks I made something special and there is, a, there is an outcome. So I can hold it too and I can share it with the world because for children it's very important to share their talents and you know stuff that they are doing. So it started with that and I'm so glad to be have grown over four years. I started with Monica. She's my business partner. And we've done more than 600 stories now, two books. Uh, so it's almost like giving 600 dreams a life. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and as you say, I think it's, it's so important to take that because I think with me, with my children, and you're constantly kind of uh, battling against telling them what to do and, and mm. getting and developing them as humans by giving them rules and expectations. <laughs> but they need a voice as well. And having that by saying, as you say, by affirming and saying, whatever your crazy imagination is, whether it's a story about a mm. banana or it doesn't matter, that is that is your imagination and it's important. And turning that into a physical book is just so wonderful. Yes, and you know what? Um... I mean, in, we, we also do little courses for children, so workshops for children where they can just come and write a story. And it's it was funny because most of the children would come to us and tell us, so what are the rules to write the story? Um, what are the steps? 
what do I need to write about? And I would just tell them, you know, write about purple rain or purple snow. And for that matter, I really don't, uh, you know, care. It's, it's your story. Bring it out. And you have to remember, stories are born out of life that we live. They're not imagination that happens within the story is born out of our own life. So children... <laughs> that's, 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 that's my dog. dog. <laughs> this time as well. This is Athena. She's introducing herself. <laughs> She's a little German shepherd. <laughs> you can have your moment in here. Yes. So, if if a child is writing a story about about two friends and one of them is feeling neglected, probably the child has faced a similar situation or been a witness about it, or has seen a movie and it has somehow impacted the child's mind in a way that it stayed within. So you have to remember that when children are writing stories, the hero, the characters that they create in the story are born out of their own strengths. Um, the limitations that are in the story are born out of their own limitations. And so sometimes the situation that the characters will be facing will be the situations they are facing in their life. And by expanding the possibilities of what action could be taken, Sometimes they give themselves the answers that they don't find from anywhere else because maybe the protagonist has found a way out of the situation. And I see the eyes brighten up and they wonder, oh, I didn't think of that. But that could actually be used or adapted in their own lives. So what stories are doing to them for children is, is it's helping them connect to their own hero their own solutions that lie within them and it's telling them that there are no rules so the solution can be out, found out of the infinite possibilities that exist and and, it's, and, and kids yeah, like you said they like to create characters with these supernatural powers and when you tell them well kindness could be a power too being brave could be a power too asking for help could be a power too and they're like really and then you tell them, well, these could be powers. And then they try to say, and I, I find some of them then coming to me, well, I've been a good friend. Is that a power? I said, of course, being a good friend is a power. And then they create a different story and something that they had never thought of before. Because you see, the cartoons that they are exposed to, the movies that they're exposed to, the hero is always someone who's flying in the air or has mm. some kind of a power, you know, um, Avengers or whatever story spider-mans or something is there but to tell them that they, they are their own hero and the the powers that people can't see they are still their own power and they can probably show them in different ways yeah. that's empowering so you're empowering children by telling them you're superheroes basically yeah. and you go ahead and change the world for a better be your own yeah be your own hero. i mean the whole idea is to empower children and when, when, when children share the stories that they have written um, with other children, obviously they are inspiring more kids, you know, because yes. it, it creates that connection. So we had emails coming from... Sorry, my dog needs to be You know, you're being just too much today, aren't you? <laughs> it is hot. It's hot really. You can just... Yes, so it was... It's, it's, it's empowering because uh, 
I, I, I had emails from um, 10 year olds coming and telling me, you know, how do I um, write a story? Is my story good enough? And then we opened up um, portals for our competitions, uh, the annual story writing competition, and we had so many stories coming to us. So I thought, well, let's let's open a blog, you know, a platform of blog for them. So now what children are doing is they're just writing something, they send it to me, we just share it. So it's beautiful the way I think um, the online platform has helped us connect with children um, and given them the inspiration to write more, writing more, certainly, and without parents telling them to write. I just wanted to interrupt this programme briefly to say apologies for my side of that interview, which makes it sound like I'm down a well. I was so absorbed in what Hector was saying that I completely missed the fact that I was totally off mic. So that's why I sound a little bit odd. Um, but it was really lovely. It was such a, such a lovely afternoon talking to her about all of those things. So in the next section, we go on to talk about some of the other work that they do, including this lovely work that they do with familial stories. So that's what she talks about in this next section. I think uh, this idea has been in my mind since yours, but um, it's only because of COVID, I think it's, it, it gave me time to reflect and understand the importance of it. And I mean... I believe that stories that run in our families, you know, about a certain uncle um, who had an adventure in, in, in a certain place, you know, you keep on telling your, you want to tell your children stories of these uncles and aunts, yeah, but they're not interested in listening <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and, and maybe they're bored of listening and you're wondering, have they heard it last time? Oh, you, they'll be like, oh, you already told me the story before. So... How do you preserve all those stories and present it to children so that they have the right uh, impact on them? And, you know, like I said, the branches have to learn where the roots come from. So that's what we need to do. So this is something we started is that collecting family stories. It could be in the form of a picture book. So, for example, like I said, if you have maybe a grandparent who was in the army or something and brave stories so you could have brave stories of our families um, and pass it on as picture books to children so they could it could be a bedtime read for them so again it's for children to understand that heroes are born out of situations uh, that are normal you know everyday situations where you become an extraordinary person you react to that differently and that's how heroes are born and it gives them someone to idolize and also you could do is, um, which is what we have had lots of inquiries, is that people have started uh, contacting us that because they want to preserve their parents' story or stories of the family. So we are just going to speak to them, kind of a memoir, kind of a biography of the parents or family in form of a novel, which can then be passed on to their children. So it could be some, you know, the, the siblings, they get together and say, well, we want to preserve the story of our parents and then they can just, each can have one and probably at the right time children will read it and understand the value of it. Yeah. And as you say, just to, to preserve that in something, to turn it into a story and have that as a, um, as something that you can pass down as an actual novel. As an actual novel. And in fact, I've had um, this, this, someone I'm speaking to, she's turning it into a novel and then she also want me to, wants me to do a little documentary 
like a 30 minutes thing yeah. um preserving the interviews and everything the audio and everything which i again think is an extension of the book yeah. initially it's yeah. it's again coming with the idea of preserving the experiences the lessons that our parents learned or yeah. their parents learned their how their childhood was and because we have to see we all are we all are trying to connect to our roots now again more Oh, let's quickly, before we move on to the voice of Carly, let's quickly, as we were talking about um, empowerment and children expressing themselves. So there's a there's another book um, that you've got, which I'd like to talk about, which is Shine Like a Star. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that book. So um, this is basically a book of affirmations. Um, and I'm totally I'm a big, big advocate of affirmations. <laughs> can't be said enough. They can't be, you know, it 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 is so important to use the right words with your children without being overly conscious of what you're saying you know you do, it doesn't have to be be regimented in the sense i have to say love four times i mean i know a family who actually uh, does this like that so kindness said five times today love said it doesn't have to come that way. It, uh, I know she wants my attention, Athena. You're kind. Like you're talking to that microphone, not me. You really have to move from here, Athena. She won't leave me. I don't understand. Um, so, like I was saying, it has to come very, very naturally. But um, before you start using mm. affirmations with children, you have to be convinced they work. It can't be like, you know, <laughs> it can't be like you're stressed. You're running late to probably take them to the park and you're like, uh, you've got to say in the morning, I'm not stressed. You've got to say in the morning, I will have fun in the park. It can't happen that way. It has to be a very, it's not, it's not just about saying the line. The words have vibrations. I'm just going to keep her out there. Otherwise, she's just going to hijack my podcast. <laughs> Sorry, we're trying to have you on the podcast. Yes, I, I was saying every word has a frequency, a power, um, which can be invoked to its maximum when you actually feel what you're going to say. If you say, um, I love you, there's a word, there's a way of saying it, and there's a way of feeling it and saying it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of difference. And what I see parents doing mostly is saying an affirmation to their child has become like a tick mark, like I said, you know, um, say, you know, I face my fear. Come on, face say I face my fear. But you've got to really connect to the frequency of fear and explain to your child what fear means. Have a discussion. Affirmations must be um, used only when you've had a proper conversation about that concept with your child. Um, they are not going to work at all if you immediately start telling your child, you've got to say this after, it becomes a, it becomes a task. Yeah, yeah. You've got to really uh, talk about fear. So you can just start, and like I was, we were just having a discussion that every affirmation must must be spoken for at least one week. So you must focus on fear. For example, let's say you, 
you want to focus your objective is by the end of this week, I want my child to say, um, I can face my fears. So you would just start talking about, then you have to make an effort every day, maybe an hour or so or half an hour, you having that positive conversation either before you sleep or maybe when you're out for a walk. And then you talk about fears, you know, what do you feel about fear? Um, because the idea is for the child to open up and express. And out of that expression will, will come the understanding, well, this is my fear. Um, well, I fear spiders. And if you can't just say, well, spiders are nothing. You know, I mean, I'm not scared. Who's scared of spiders? You can't do that. Then you've got to really dig deep into it. What about spiders? Um, do you, you've got to connect it with this thing that, you know, spiders are something that are big or huge or they suddenly come from somewhere. And so you've got to really connect. So are you fear of some sudden changes? You know, so it's, it's more of connecting to the whole frequency of what you're saying. And probably providing the door, the right door for your child to open and understand what fear really means. So what you're doing is you're using that affirmation just as a trigger to find the right door for your child to open. It's, uh, but what we usually do is we start knocking and banging every door so it's 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 hard for the child to understand but this is not, and then the child says it's not really working for me and you then you sometimes say well the affirmations really don't work but like i'm again a big advocate of connecting and harmonizing with nature so every affirmation has to find some connection with nature so uh, especially the five elements that we have the sky air water earth, fire, uh, space. So you, then you probably speak to them about, you know, sky and the vastness of sky and how there are so many possibilities and, uh, you know, change of change, talk about change, how seasons change, how it's okay to change, how nature changes and how it's very adaptable, how it changes without any uh, fear of not being of losing who she is so that's how you then connect about fears because what it does it it brings the child closer to nature it makes the child think that i am a part of nature which in reality we are you you're introducing a new hero to a child which is nature a new teacher nothing teaches us more than nature nothing in the world can teach us more than nature it's a beautiful combination then the stories, the affirmations, the morals that come out of it. Ask them to write a story about fear. Ask them to create a character. Um, when, you, when you talk about fear, someone who can face the fear, ask them to create a character out of that, you know, that word itself. And that kind of familiarizes the child or it doesn't become an alien word. It doesn't become a word that they have to run away from because they are friends now. Um, so you will see by midweek, the child himself is saying, well, you know what, mom, my character is Mr. Let's say Bravo or something, whatever it is, Mr. Kindness. Speak to them, talk to them about it, hear their stories, they, whatever logic they have. You don't have to point, well, no, actually it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> to, well, to them it does at that time. Um, and eventually the child himself would say, well, I know how to face my fears. And then it's not like you've forgotten about that affirmation. You know, if you move to the next affirmation, say, let's example, for example, the next affirmation, if I just pick from this book is, 
um, I can make a difference in this world. Yes, then you've got to talk to them about this and keep reminding them that they know how to face their fear now. Yes. So it's um, it's a journey that you go on with your child, and because and that's why when we made this book, um, it was fifty two weeks. So it because positive living or changing a mindset or embedding something new in a mindset is not a day's work. It requires effort. It requires team, um, good team bonding with your child. And these should be used as, um, affirmations must be used as conversation starters. When you don't know what to speak to your child, it should not become the end. Well, say this. No. <laughs> Let's, what's leading to that? So when the next time then you're going for a walk, you can just talk about, you know, um, just again, tell them, remind them, look at the sky, how, how the trees are changing, how the sky is looking, how the clouds, the shapes are changing. So you've, you've told them how to deal with the changes. And that's such a big thing because you have to remember, why are we doing the affirmations? It's, it's just so that children are equipped with the tools now they fear might be small one. I don't want to go to school because I fear my teacher. But what you're doing to them is you're telling them that these are the tools that you can use to face bigger problems tomorrow. They might be leaders. They might be, you know, dealing with much more fearful situations. Initially, you might have to make it a task, not in a way task us, but uh, eventually by the time you reach the fifth affirmation, it will become such a joyous thing to do because your child will look forward to that bonding time, that speaking time. Every child wants to be heard. It's a myth that we say where children don't talk to us. Actually, they want to be heard. They don't want to be spoken to all the time. They really want to be heard. Um, that's why when you use stories or you use the right words or you speak to them about it or you open their imagination to things that are not there, um, it just makes a lot of difference. I mean, I it, one one particular line that I always use when we're doing a workshop with children is, I always then, then tell them that, you know, you have to show me things that no one else can see. So if there is a bag there, so if I just put an object of bag there, I say, if you can see my bag, but tell me what I can't see there. And then they come up with the most crazy ideas, <laughs> which is what we want. What you're really doing is you're telling them, actually, they are, just infinite possibilities of a situation. And eventually, you, what you're really trying to do is um, you're telling the child there's no box. You know, yeah. there is no box. Find your own, create your own box. And, and that's such an empowering thing to do. And some children, um, I don't know if you've read about this, we've got this category, Bright Young Minds, where children are raising money for charity by, um, you know, sale of the books, yeah. whatever money that they get by the book sale they just pass it to the charity and that itself that experiential learning that's just going right from the point that I have an idea of a story well my idea is good actually I can actually write it as a story well my story is so good that it can be turned into a book and my book is so good I can go and read it out to children and actually sell it and raise money for a charity and can you imagine the child um, instead of just telling a child, we're talking about affirmation, you know, you've got to be kind. You've taken the child on a whole journey of being kind. You've yeah. actually shown him, given them a way of being kind. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful journey for them. Before we go, um, I want to, the final thing that I wanted to talk about 
um, is your book, uh, The Voice of Carly. Yes. Um, so tell us about how that came about. Um, so the thing that, <laughs> that I'm always, again, focusing is empowerment. Um, this book is my own spiritual journey of empowerment. It's got small messages, essentially for the female dimension within us, not spe specifically for women. Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking to the women. Um, so I believe that we have masculine and female between, within us, and the masculine creates, and the female gives power to it, in the mm -hmm. sense, gives beauty to it, the dimension within us. So sometimes what happens is we have lots and lots of ideas, but we don't know what to do about it. And sometimes we're just running behind our business and just just running behind creating money and you know all the materialistic things in the world we've got to have a good job and everything but something's missing we wonder why we're not happy so what the female dimension within us does is it brings compassion and warmth and love and gratitude so this book is um, all about finding and feeding that female dimension within us so as to empower it and invoke it and empower that energy in our lives so that everything that we do um, is becomes then uh, part of healing because there is an action and there is a there's warmth and there is compassion and love in it so it, it's, it becomes like healing so these are just short messages um, which are I have written with some paintings that I've done to invoke your again inner warrior so with um, messages to connect with who you really are so that you can finally find out what you really want to do. And these, these are something that, you know, there's so much that I can say from, from this, but it's, uh, it's a very special spiritual journey that I hope. And, and when, did, when did this, this has only recently been released? So yes, March. March. But I started writing it five years back. Oh, okay. So what I was going to ask was how long has the journey been so, writing it? Um, I mean... There are things that I started seeing in my dreams and, you know, I started connecting to it. I meditate a lot. So this is a very spiritual journey. And those those words that I've written, I think um, that these are the words that I would write after my meditation. So there's a lot of power from it. And what it had helped me done is, uh, do is, because you, as you can see, there's so many paintings I've done. Um, once I connected to that dimension within me, the, the portals of creativity just opened up. So things that I couldn't do before, I just wanted to do with so much more passion came in everything. So what uh, this book has, uh, it's got eight steps that leads to your total transformation from where you are to what you want to be. So what are the eight essential steps that you will go through knowingly or unknowingly? So I've tried to document those steps here and try to document how your journey is going to be through those eight doors that you have to cross. Maybe you are in your fifth step already. Maybe you're on your fourth step. Maybe you're on your sixth step. But it will give you a good idea to just look back and see and reflect on your own journey and understand the lessons that you have already gone through. And it will also give you a good idea about what's coming next and be prepared for it. Um, so it's the book is essentially written with an idea of... Um, Tra you know, that inner transformation that anyone's wanting within them. That transformation, how to go about it, what's going to happen, small messages with the 
what's what's the, you know how do you focus your energy during that step and ultimately how what the transformation does to you so everything that's written in this book the voice of kali i've gone through every single step on my own so that's why it took a lot of time for me because i wanted to experience every um thing that i was documenting and i have seen and i felt the transformation that it has brought and that's why i say the words have power these words when i um there's some poetry uh, uh, there's some words that i've written in poetic form here when i said those poetry uh, po- poems to me myself i i would just recite them to my own self so those were my own affirmations i actually felt that change within me i actually felt um the power of uh, you know just just wanting to change things so why i have called it kali is because kali is the goddess of empowerment she is someone um and in my idea i mean i'm not a religious person but i believe that all these energies are, are a psychic state within our own mind it's a it's a mindset so kali for me is the highest empowered mindset within us and when we invoke that mindset what's it, what it's doing is um it's opening our eyes to something that we might have just missed yeah you know sometimes like what um i feel is that we have a tendency to overlook the bigger events uh, the smaller events that are leading to a big event and kind of chunk them as one so for example if you got married in 2005 um you will see 2005 as the whole year where you just got married you know mm-hmm. everything that's happened around that just just becomes one big huge event well i had my baby in 2008 i have a meeting tomorrow i have a, you know i have to take my child to swimming day after so what you're really doing is you're creating a the smaller events are losing their value isn't it so the focus becomes on the bigger event but when you invoke this empowered energy of kali within you what it does it it brings the focus back on those smaller events leading to the big huge event because um there might be times that we are in certain denial you know we might be thinking um but i'm not just saying just for example let's say you are not happy in your relationship yeah uh, you have to go back to the time when you got married where it all started to the root of things so what this energy of kali does it it helps you or it it kind of the force kind of takes you to the root of things and you see everything from a closer proximity uh things that you've shoved under the carpet because you were in denial of certain things you will have to go to the deepest darkest corners within yourself and find the reason of that thing could be that you will see that you were always manipulated and you were just overlooking it maybe you were always uh, maybe you were a different person you had certain dreams and you didn't you know keep yourself a priority anymore and that's the reason for this relationship going all sour and why are you maybe you that's the root cause and the way you are looking at it is, is well my husband doesn't give me time but probably maybe the root is that you are not giving yourself time so you've got to really go to the root of things and find the reason and then work on yourself 
maybe you find out that yes, I, I've I never prioritized myself. So the solution could be you find ways to empower yourself by giving your what was your dream? You start writing out, well, this is where I wanted to be. So what can I do now? So the transformation starts from going back to the roots of things. And then you will probably realize, well, I was not being right about this relationship. I was the problem. Or it could be the other way around. It could be that you find out, actually, I was always treated bad. So going back and getting perspective on all the small moments and things that we we often just put back in our memory and we just um you know, understand because we don't want to deal with that thing there might be a relationship they, there might be a friend who's annoying you but you've kind of uh, not dealt with it because you don't want to ruin that friendship but actually it's doing more st- stuff to you than you don't know so it's going back to the root of things understanding it either working on it with compassion or, or working on it with, with power or love or whatever guidance you get through yourself. So it's connecting with that energy. That, that energy is Kali, the one who takes you to the deepest, darkest corners of your life and kind of with a fierce uh, force compels you to face it and also compels you to make yourself a priority in your life and understand that there can't be any more darkness within you. You've got to be in light. You've got to connect to the to the powerful side in you and the power has to be balanced with compassion. You can't just be saying, well, you, because obviously when you do that, when you go and see the smaller moments in life, you will be angry. You will think, well, why did she do that? So it can make you a little... Um, you know, mad about things that should you shouldn't be really mad about now. So you've got to understand that you've got to balance that with wisdom. You've got to balance that with love. Well, is that really necessary? Why? Why is still mem- this memory still in my soul, or why? Why am I still so much affected by it? So it's probably time to just let it go. So it's a, it's it's now again like affirmations. It's not um, it's not a one day process. It's not going to happen it's not in. Just set of rules. You've got to really, really, really be ready to embark on that journey. And that's why whoever is connecting to this book, I mean, I've, like you would know, uh, friends from someone from France connected to it. Yeah, and and yeah. she. Well, I was about to say you had some, um, some really. Yeah, she, she was so em- empowered by the, the words that she read. She translated it in French. So, any, it's, it's, it's a book, it's not a leisure read. It's like a, you've got to be really serious about transformation in your life. You've got to be really serious about the changes you want to bring in your life if you want to read this book. Because this book, uh, I believe, has the words have that power that they will initiate you in that journey. And once you are initiated in that journey, it's going to be a roller coaster, right? It's yeah. not going to be easy, but you will come out much more empowered. The relationships are going to be much more loving. Your professional life is going to be much more fruitful. Everything that you do, right from parenting to whatever you want to do in life, it's going to empower that. So you've got to be really sure where you want to go. But um, that's why this book is probably for someone who is who's already been um, like hit by that bug. I've, I've, there's a term that I call the Kali moment in my book, which is, is what I call is that you know, the first moment that when you realize something needs to change 
obviously you you know it's tapping that door is tapping but you kind of are in a denial i don't need to change everything's fine everything's perfect around me i can handle this it's okay the first moment when you realize it's not okay something needs to change that's the kali moment so sometimes you probably don't want to change probably you don't need the change and you're just burdened with this idea that i need to change i need to change you probably are fine the way you are <laughs> so yes so what is it's because the whole idea so you can, is you just go on the entire empowerment and, journey and then go oh, i'm actually <laughs> that that's, <laughs> that's that's empowerment on its exactly. own that you you just don't care about anyone else's yeah. um, judgment and you you are absolute peace with yourself that's the highest form of empowerment for me you yeah. ultimately we all are looking for that uh, you know this happiness that the satchitanand which is called in sanskrit ultimate happiness at every moment that's being mindful again so um it's just not being empowered it's being mindful it's being conscious so what it has done to me is every moment has become a moment of empowerment for me i've been so much more consciously living it so if i have a for example if i have a set of projects to do i know earlier if i was to go out for a picnic you know if my daughter said you know let's go out for a picnic i would be thinking what about the projects what about this what about that but now it's what it's done to me is well maybe today for this moment i'm going to enjoy this nature this connection with my daughter or nature or whatever and then when i'm doing the work i'm going to do that work and then i'm not going to be thinking about what's my daughter doing for her gcse <laughs> see that's what living every small moment and so it's just not going back to your past and finding the root it's also living every small moment around you at that time every relationship has to be seen uh with much more gratitude because this person is um in your life for a reason you understand the reason behind relationships in your life you understand the journey that you all are going through and you also understand that everyone's going through their own journey we can't see it um that doesn't mean it doesn't exist so the compassion the the compassion um expands love expands um gratitude is boundless and what brings it it makes more energy for like i said the amount of creative energy flow that comes within you be it professional life or personal life is amazing you you will think of solutions you've not thought before at all um you will start being more uh of someone who says yes to things that are right and no to things that don't work sometimes what we do is we mostly say yes to things that are not right for us and no to things that are good for us so you will you will understand the your priorities you will understand you'll have the right um, intellect to make the right choices and ultimately it's about the choices so this book i have lived this book and I, then i have written this book i'm now trying to myself understand this book <laughs> because i i mean it it was a spiritual journey for me so sometimes the word would come and i would just write them and without really understanding what i was writing um you know because when you connect to the higher energies you just write and then you just read back and think oh my god it makes so much sense 
so for me it's been um, it's been a wonderful journey that started initiated in fact years back but my kali moment came five years back when i said well that's it i need to change i need something to change has to change and so i said but, but why not document it <laughs> she sounds like such a such a lovely woman and uh really kind of empowering isn't she in terms of those stories that she talks about and how people share them just everything about her and I said the same I'm finding this uh journey of meeting all of these people just so wonderful although I have met both uh, Ekpa and um Kate before but actually sitting down and having those long discussions with them and and, and this was a long discussion this is probably our longest podcast because we had such a lovely afternoon and we just kept kept on talking um and and these people who have these connections with stories and it is and they they both seem to have this kind of empowering quality that by using stories to empower not just themselves but other people um and and i just think that's one and i hadn't really in all honesty thought about storytelling in that way before and and certainly not with that spiritual context which i also think is wonderful and and yeah, I just I think the whole the whole thing is is fascinating, empowering, and enriching. And I just it was lovely. It was just and you went I went in so she's got Athena the dog was there, but also um, we we're in the room surrounded by some of her art as well. So the whole thing was just very uh, it was all all sort of came together really beautifully. It was really nice. She's a great believer, isn't she, in the power of change? I think from stories and she, the the stuff that really struck me was particularly the latter stuff and I love that idea of the, the of your of your feminine she didn't use mm. these words but your feminine side and your male side and that and that yeah. kind of yin and yang stuff I suppose in in other types of language um yeah. but that but I just thought well actually as a, as a writer or anybody that's being creative you know if you if you only stay in one side of those things you're the what you produce isn't going to be as as interesting no, it's going to be uh, almost two D. You know, it's going to be flat, mm. isn't it? Because you you need a balance of of those things with anything, um, and and I think that's really interesting. And actually, I was at um, uh, Kate Coleman's uh, live event last night, and again, and she brought up that 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 feminine side again, not as a not as a a, a physical female characteristic, but as a feminine feel and that kind of creative side and the, and the things that so it's interesting that that actually those two people who I who are not connected in any way um but I both that I but I know both of them have mm. this sort of similar um path Pe- which people that are definitely around stories a lot and uh and so Kate's uh episode three, three? um if you yeah. haven't heard her Kate Coleman um but yeah people that are around stories a lot storytellers I bet that she because I think the beauty it must be a lovely thing to do. And I love that idea that now that she's just inviting children to write stories, yeah. there's almost like no editing. It's like just free for all. Do what you want. You know, it well, doesn't matter where it starts or where it ends. And we will put it on the blog. And, you know, she's just absorbing. Yeah. She must be absorbing all of these stories and all of them tell you something about life, about what children care about and therefore probably what adults care about. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 lovely, and and as she said, that idea that you, again, you empower um, the children by giving this opportunity to have a published 
physical book mm. um, which is beautiful and then they can go a step further and have it fully published and then give the proceeds to charity and you know it's just it's really really lovely one of the children that she works with um, her daughter was in uh, her daughter her sister was in a, a children's hospital so when she released her book all of the uh, proceeds went to the, the, to the to the children's hospital and stuff like that and it, again you know it, it's empowerment it's promoting kindness and just really lovely really lovely tangible as well so they can as well as sort of children physical... can't always necessarily see that the difference that telling a story is making themselves but but to tangibly go actually i write that story and then we went in a book and i sold the book and the money went to a, yeah. a charity yeah that's that's brilliant yeah, really lovely. really tangible really nice. um, and Some... then the familial stories that she talks about as well that, that that they do um so something she did for me was that um my mum had written a story for the kids because she wasn't seeing them and uh, and so we've had that turned into a physical book uh, but it but some of the other familial stories she's doing is about historical family stories that they're having turned into physical books which is just lovely brilliant so. and that is um it's that must do a hell of a lot of good for families because it's it's memory making as well yeah. something about that process is we've talked about this before but people telling stories in families is about reliving moments or memories from the family and so to focus on that and go actually we're going to we're going to tell these stories and write them down and share things that we know about our ancestors in these stories mm. they're going to you remember when um we did the in the second episode where we had to go at doing our own oral storytelling yeah. and i did a, a brother's grim one and one of the things i said that i did with that was i told it a couple of times but i did actually try to write it down once as well and the difference that made to my memory of the story was incredible yeah. So yeah. I guess that if someone's writing down their stories of their past in some ways with with some help from her, then yeah. that they're, they're gonna mem they're gonna memorise those more, and in the future they'll be able to tell them to other people. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're enjoying the podcast, then please do like, subscribe, share, review, and uh, and generally talk about us. And if you're not enjoying it, then uh, switch it off and listen to something else. Um, if you know of anyone who would be interested in coming on the podcast and you want to send us through some information, then please do. You can get in touch with me, hello at sarahjanerose.uk, or you can follow The Stuff of Stories on Instagram at The Stuff of Stories. You can also get in touch with us via The Listening Shelf. Uh, so you can go to our website or you can follow The Listening Shelf on Twitter. Before we go, here is a final word from Ekta telling you where you can find out all about her. We'll see you next week. Or we won't see you. You'll hear us. You know what I mean. So if you want to know about the work that we do, um, turning stories into books, that's our studio is Story Lab, AIM Story Lab. So you can just go to aimstorylab.com or, or uh, author in me is authorinme.com. That's where you'll find more about the workshops that we do with children. Um, AIM Story Lab will have lots of things about, you know, you, you, you'll be able to read some of the stories that we've done. So it's a good website to just go, uh, you know, children can just read some stories, illustrated picture books there for free. Um, there are some lovely stories about children who are raising money for charities. So it's a good way to inspire children. It's a good start. If you're thinking that your child, you, you want your child to write a story, but you don't know how to inspire them, you can just take them to that website. And uh, um, there's lots of ways that 
children can just browse through and you know be inspired. Um, the Voice of Kali, uh, that's my uh, book, and I have a blog that is thekalimoment.com, where I've got uh, again lots of stories of women who have connected with me uh, with their warrior stories, which I call and shared their transformational journey, the Kali moments, which is what I say. Yeah, so that's me.